0: You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject that you've tuned in to hear from is the one and only Devon Townsend, the Canadian metal legend himself. The reason for the conversation is two-pronged. It's to promote the 2016 release titled Transcendence and also to talk up the May 2017 Australian Tour. So let's have a listen to what Heavy Devi has to say. Here we go. Congratulations on a stellar career. How do you feel when you look back on 25 years of albums and projects?
1: Really satisfied. That's true. I feel really satisfied. There are certain points where I didn't think that it would ever be at a point where it's at now, where things are pretty good, you know? Like, I get to do what I want, and, you know, I've got a career doing it, and, good people around me and I'm very I'm very satisfied and I'm, I'm I'm proud of
0: it yeah cool so Transcendence I love that record by the way and it sounds as though it contains the essence of your massive catalog of work all on the one album do you think that's a record that defines all of your artistic qualities
1: maybe to maybe today. date you know I think even the title implies that it's um, it's somewhere in the process of transitioning to something else. I mean, it always is. But I think with this record in, in particular, there's a real sense that I wanted to pull together all these elements of the career into one place so I could have a real good definition of it and then maybe I can move on and try something else now, you know?
0: Yeah, sure, yeah. So, as I mentioned, you've, you've got... An enormous catalogue. Length and breadth of your catalogue is huge, and there really isn't a weak spot. How do you keep your creativity at peak?
1: And that I wanted to try and be a better version of myself. Yeah. Right. I wanted to be more at peace and stronger and mentally more capable and more confident and just just all these things. I want to be I don't want to get worse as I get older. I'm trying to take all these things that I've learned through years of making music and experiencing all these things and put it into play as opposed to just collect the experiences and keep fucking up right
0: so <laughs> yeah gotcha yeah there, there, there's a part of me that that um,
1: as a result of that being the fundamental motivation behind it all
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean it can't not be at a level that that makes me satisfied because that's not the function of the music I mean if the record if I don't put my heart and soul into the record then Number one, no one else is going to care. But number two, it's it's almost like every step of
0: my life, it's like the record is like an exam. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, okay, well, what did you learn? And yeah,
1: I'm trying to keep my grades up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, you're passing with flying colors if that's the case, mate, then. So there you go. <laughs>
1: others, but at least we're always passing at this point. So.
0: Yeah, no, agreed. yep. Um, I think also, too, with you, you've, you seem to have avoided, um, a lot of people obviously know you through Strapping Young Lad, myself included, um, but um, you seem to have avoided any backlash by moving away from that into less dense and less heavier territory. Would you agree with that? Um, yeah, and I,
1: I always kind of suspected that if the people who like Strapping Young Lad liked it for the reasons that I hope they like it, then, then whatever it turned into they'd be okay with whether or not they bought it or yeah. um, chose to listen to it at least it's coming from the same place it's just a different it's a different aesthetic on the same trip right Yeah. what, what created strapping and lead it's just a frame of mind that I was in but that frame of mind it's the same person whether or not it's strapping or Devlab, or the Hummer, or Ghost, or Ziltoid, or Teria, or Infinity, or Peppercloud, yeah. whatever. It's the same
0: mechanism. It's just a different time, right? So, on that note, I was fortunate to watch you in Australia in 1999. It's one of the many times that I've seen you out here, but that was probably the highlight if I could be forward enough to say that. Because you played Ocean Machine. I think you played Ocean Machine first, then Infinity, then Strapping Young Lad. And I think oh, think you I got remember that. Yeah, remember that. yeah, big show. Big show and yeah, what are your memories of that tour and those shows?
1: Barely hanging on. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: I mean, that period through all of that, you know, with with Strapping, specifically Infinity. That whole period was just such a such a mind-bending period for me, okay. man. I was pretty confused and you know I was messing around with a bunch of drugs and right <laughs> I what, was like
0: yeah, like hallucinogenics
1: know, it was, or something yeah it was of, a lot of acid and shit hmm. and it was like in hindsight I really learned a lot but I didn't understand what I was learning at that time I thought it was something else but in hindsight I'm like oh god right that's what that was all about you know oh. it's it's I had the right idea while I was in the midst of it, but it wasn't until later that I got some perspective and I was like, Wow, you were you're pretty hung up on your own trip and you were interpreting all that in a in a way that was frankly exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> you know. It's like, yeah. I feel as a person now I look back at all those things and I wouldn't trade those experiences. You know, I don't regret them. At the same time, the perspective I have on them now, and the
0: mistakes that I made while I was in the, the throes of it, yep. uh, you
1: know, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it's clear to me now what what I learned from that. <laughs> so when I look
0: back at that period, I just remember just being a total fucking banana. <laughs> it's funny because that's that's at odds with because we actually did meet each other back then. We we shook you know when you were doing the um, meet and greets with the fans after the show. Um, yeah, cool. You're probably the first. We, you know when I say rock star, work with me here. You're the first rock star that I think I'd ever met at that time, and I couldn't believe how congenial you were. So, um, yeah, it certainly didn't come across back then. You had a lot of time for the fans. You were certainly answering my questions <laughs> back then. And uh, I, That's good to know.
1: That's good to know. But, I mean, I think the idea of rock star is a mental
0: illness. <laughs> oh, you know what I meant. Like when you're 19 no, or 20, I do. yeah. I do,
1: and i Personality that
0: maybe gets into music because they want to be that you know whatever their interpretation of a rock star whatever that is. Yeah. is
1: they're like well that's their goal is to wear sunglasses inside and be aloof with a bunch of people or whatever it is right but yeah. um, but ultimately I mean the, the social aspect of doing music was something that I not only didn't frame but didn't anticipate so I get put into these situations now, and now more than anything else, now more than ever, actually, I've got to be really careful that I don't um, open myself up all the time to everybody because it just sucks the life force out of you, you know?
0: Yes, I can imagine you probably met tens of thousands of fans and the like um, through your travels, and um, it must be a draining experience because I was listening to James Hetfield on the Joe Rogan show. I think he's saying he doesn't allow people to take photographs of him anymore. Um, he's just got to the point where he'll, he'll do the meet and greet and the shake your hand and all of that sort of stuff but as far as sort of taking it to the point where he's idolised by people and he recognises that the energy exchange is very toxic for him? Is yeah, that, is no, that... that's
1: interesting. I mean, I, I would have no perspective on, on the level of success that he has and, and how I would react to that. Um, yeah. But one thing I will give him, give him is he's a really inspiring guy, man. And I mean, I saw some of that Joe Rogan thing and, and a lot of the interviews that he's given over the past couple of years, he's kind of got this, like, father figure in the metal scene kind of thing. And, um, yeah. He gets a lot of shit for it, too, but unabashedly, he, uh... He, uh... He uh, stands up for things that he believes in, and I, I got a lot of respect for him. Man.
0: Yeah. I suppose it'd be hard being one of the most, um... covetedly famous metal icons on the planet and having just about everybody clamoring for your your autograph or to speak to you or shake your hand and, totally. and all the rest of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like well, shelf- I mean, you right.
1: oh, oh, I, I, I'm I'm happy, honestly, at the level of success that I have because I get to play shows. I get to do whatever I want creatively. You know, I've got some guitars.
0: My bills are paid. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not a public face like yeah I
1: I understand I I can go to the mall and it doesn't dude in my neighborhood and the amount of people that give a shit is like maybe one in 500 you know what I mean it's like it's awesome because I couldn't imagine living a life where you where you were you're paid off in jets and yachts and multiple houses but the trade off is that you can't do anything you know you can't yeah can't take your kid to the ice cream store or you can't you know go shopping for your mom or something like this without just loads of that crap
0: right yeah so I can
1: see where he's coming from
0: yeah yeah no definitely mate sentiment agreed with totally and um made a bit of a different question for you so um Gene Hoglund was in Dark Angel Death obviously Strapping Young Lad and some of your solo work um do you still work with him or is he or have you got other dramas
1: Unfortunate, but no, I don't work with them. I mean, I tried to get a couple of things going after strapping, but it was a rough breakup, if you know what I mean. Sure, was, yes. Gene loved strapping, and for me to pull the rug out under from under him and the rest of the guys, yep. were, we're friends now, and we talk, and we have a good relief relationship when we see each other but uh, it was really hard man because when I quit doing drugs and when I quit you know when I changed and I had to tell those guys look I can't do this anymore I can't be the frontman for this I need to get out of this Hmm. their reaction was not like oh okay dad we totally understand all cool they were like we don't understand
0: but all cool (laughs) Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, you
1: know. So afterwards, because I miss playing with Gene, I I miss playing with Gene to this day because
0: we're really connected. Yes. You know, so easy for me to write with him and everything. I tried to put a couple things together, but,
1: but you know, I think, I think it was sort of kept at an arm's distance, just just so, well, frankly, so you know, maybe wouldn't get like, worked up about something and then and then have it pulled away again maybe who knows right
0: but uh if i'm not i see Gene i i I got nothing but affection for the guy and and you know and i don't i think that when i he gave me his blessing during the time sure yeah
1: dude i'm gonna have a kid i'm changing everything's changing he was like i don't relate but but I want the best for you so go for
0: it you know what I mean yeah I do Yeah, I imagine he's probably got a bit of a temper as well because that same time I met you I met Gene and I've been a lifelong fan of Chuck Schuldiner and Death and I asked him if he was going to link back up and I think I pressed him a little bit too far on asking some Death questions and he just glared at me and I thought fair enough <laughs> I've gone too far yeah. there <laughs> I
1: mean we've all got a temper you know my temper was clear I mean you listen to the lyrics and everything is Strapping, it's like but Sometimes you meet people at a crossroads in your life and then you have these experiences together and yeah. then you just cease to be able to relate past that. And it doesn't mean that I, that, I, that he or I have any uh, ill will towards each other. It's just my life changed and, and yeah. I had to follow it, you know?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Agree. Are you okay if I, um,. <laughs> If I talk about some of this stuff in the feature that I write, if you say no, I won't print it. It can just be between no, us. Oh, yeah, sure. Man. I mean, the bottom line is I've never played with a drummer that
1: I enjoy playing with more than Gene, and I love Gene. He was such a close friend to me, and when I told him I had to leave the band, he called me and he gave me his blessing yep. to leave, but, you know, he never wanted kids he, you know, he wanted to keep crushing
0: Mental, you know,
1: and I just, I found it was just killing me, man, like...
0: Yeah, no, agreed, as a a parent and father myself, I can totally empathise with your position. Dude,
1: I just, and it wasn't before kids, I just realised that, you know, I was putting up such a front, and then all of a sudden when I realised that I wasn't a tough guy,
0: (laughs) you know... I know what you're talking about, because I've been through the same thing, I know exactly what you're saying, yeah.
1: It's like I'm a fucking poser, dude. I can't get up on stage and be like "fuck all of you," and you know it's like I feel like a fraud. I feel like a total charlatan doing this shit. And now that I've recognized that within myself, I can't do this, man. You know. and yeah. Everybody, Byron, Jed, Gene—they
0: were like. Yeah. yeah. I remember Byron like going, "Oh, dude, we've always known that, <laughs> but it was <laughs> fun. That was kind of why it works." <laughs> and I was like, "Shit." Well, and those guys, mate, I mean, those guys, their, their reputation has only been enhanced through their association with your good self, if I could point out. So I don't think anybody's been... Um... No, no, no. And we got
1: together recently up in Kelowna, and we were all, we all had a good time together, and Jed and I keep in contact probably more than anybody. Yeah. And um, it's a healthy thing, man, but it was just really hard. And as a result of that, I think I kind of forfeited my, um, my, uh, my ability to play with Gene Hoagland
0: card. Yeah, okay, mate. No. no, thanks for sharing that, mate. I really appreciate that. And I think I've got one more time for time for one more question. Is that all right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Australian audiences, we, we talked to you, in my view, almost instantly. I mean, there was a lot of people that were raving about you singing on the, um, the Steve Vai album. And I certainly remember when City was released, it was about the same time when Sepultura split down the middle. And all the talk in Australia certainly was about a strapping young lad with a preeminent metal band of the late 90s, globally. So you're pretty much put on a pedestal because metal was at a bit of an ebb and Strapping Young Lad almost stepped into the void that Sepultura left. What's your relationship with the Australian audience has been like over the years?
1: It's been phenomenal, to be honest. I mean, I can't recall all the epiphanies that I've had while being in that country. I mean... Remember the first tour we did? Staying in hostels, driving between cities in a van. And
0: that was the big day out tour, yeah. I remember that.
1: Yeah, it was. It was, you know, with Alchemist and yeah. and um, we played in Waga. And I always remember that. I always bring it up because it was just such a funny thing, man. But
0: <laughs> that's the middle of nowhere. Prior yeah. To that, prior to that tour, we were opening up for Testament in America, and everybody just hated us. And then. I, I, I didn't know what to do I
1: couldn't do my shtick I was so used to telling everybody to fuck off that all of a sudden I was like well, now what do I do <laughs> yeah but uh, it was uh, it was Australia means uh, I can't even describe what it means to me you know and it's like it ebbs and flows as well and I, I just I'm so uh, honored that the audience is there stick with me through all these right like yeah. you know some people I talk to in Australia like look I don't I don't necessarily like what you do anymore but I like why you do it I think I, I think
0: a lot of people man. like you mate you're very endearing and that's that really comes across in the music and I think Canadians and Australians are fairly similar and we're fairly I down totally, to earth
1: yeah I totally agree man that that, that Australian Canadian connection I think has been has been uh, uh, something all along it's there's a there's a bluntness to it that, that I like. And I mean, I like to think on the global stage, you know, Canada, for example, as much as we may try and appear refined, we're just a bunch of fucking farmers, you know. <laughs> and I think it's like yeah. growing That's up I mean. in a country that there's not a lot of people and there's shitloads of, of barren, you know, uninhabitable nature. Mm. is maybe, <laughs> maybe very similar to Australia, you
0: know what I mean? Well, it's, all, it's, all, it's that nature of living in a big country with uninhabitable space must do the same things to people, I reckon. Must be that. Maybe.
1: <laughs> it's just colder up here.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Mate, i better let you go. I wish we could talk for a lot longer. Um, but needless to say, Australian audiences and fans, can't wait to see you down here, mate. And obviously, come back whenever you want. I'm sure there will always be an audience here for you. That's awesome,
1: man. I can't wait. it really
0: means a lot man no worries mate all the best and I'll be one of the shows I'll wave to you from the crowd sounds good buddy I'll see you then thanks mate okay catch ya bye bye you're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith that interview subject was Devon Townsend the Canadian metal legend himself so thanks so much for listening